This Westwards mini masterclass is a production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on Westwards and what we do, please go to westwards.com.au. Hello and welcome to today's mini masterclass from Westwards. My name is James Roy, I'm the producer here at Westwards. And today we are presenting one of our mini masterclasses. This is part one of three. Uh, there was a slightly longer presentation that we've chopped down into small bite-sized pieces, which is what we do with the mini masterclasses. Now, a bit of introduction, first of all. Tim Harris is the writer of 11 books for young people, one of Australia's most successful children's writers at the moment. He goes to, at his busiest, he was going to about 100 schools a year, which is pretty heavy going. Uh, he has written books such as Exploding Endings, uh, Mr. Bambuckle's Remarkables and Toffle Towers and, and others as well. And he is a very disciplined writer who has managed to find a way to navigate the tricky bits of uh, making yourself sit down at the, at the desk and get the writing done whilst balancing all the other parts of uh, your writing life. So this talk was given to the Westwards Academy which is really based around the same idea that writing isn't just about putting the words on the page page it's also about how you do all the other things that's how you run your business develop your brand manage your social media uh, make yourself visible uh, and and so on and so forth and that's what the academy is for so just as a, a little sidebar if anyone is interested in joining our academy the the details are on the website but it's for early career writers who are looking to find a better understanding of, of what the other parts of being a writer are in addition to actually writing the words on the page. The presentation was given via Zoom to the Academy as one of their seminars and it's broken up into three parts. It was a back and forth at times with, with, other, with some of the audience. I've tried to edit as much of that as I can to make it, keep it more in a kind of a lecture style if you like. There may be the odd reference he makes to the other people who are listening, but uh, we've tried to kind of repurpose this for this podcast, so I hope it works out. Uh, next week, or in a fortnight, we'll probably have a different one interspersed, but the part two will be shortly after that, and then part three will follow that. So please enjoy this. It is Finding Discipline in Your Writing with Tim Harris. 11 books and I've done these in a relatively short time so um, to give you an idea of word count because of course it does come down to words most of my books are between 20 and 30,000 words and I've done 11 of them in five years um, as well as touring so it's sort of two books a year at the moment and that includes editing uh, copy editing, structural edits, drafts, second drafts, all that sort of stuff as well. Um, okay, cool. So that's a bit about me and what I do. So part of being a writer is there is, I guess you could call it the, the glamorous stuff, that, and this takes time. So I'll give you a bit of, a, I guess, a photo snapshot. And look, it is different for no matter what you're writing. Um, so there'll be book launches, there'll be perhaps, uh, you know, this is once we hit the publication stage, there can be signings, there can be um, uh, talking is a huge thing. So there's, and Australia's actually really good at this. You know, we have one of the best uh, attendance records for festivals. In fact, the ASA, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the ASA. So I actually 
have heard about this from my author friends for a long time, but only just joined up recently. Um, and anyway, the, so the ASA, they have their finger on the pulse in terms of, you know, what life as a working author is, is like in Australia. And they just released some stats about um, festival attendance rates and how they just keep going up every year. Um, literary festival attendance is, is going up. This, this is the glamorous sort of stuff. And if we get to publication, often it's awesome because they might say, you know, Vivian, you know, come and speak to us. We've got this special um, section about food or whatever, or, or Crystal for the poetry, whatever it is. Uh, so the glamorous stuff takes a lot of time because it's not just the talking involved, it's setting yourself up. So when it comes to discipline um, with writing time, suddenly we have things that are competing to do with writing you know not so much the jobs and the families and all that so that's separate but we can start to busy ourselves up with other things that are associated with writing so a bit of a visual snapshot um, this is sort of a typical almost a year of things that i'll do so um, last year i spoke at 100 schools around the country and so that's 100 days that i lost from writing um, there are book signings there are television appearances there are radio interviews um, there are yeah, in-store signings as well. There are tour, tour buses. Um, last year, Penguin Random House, my publisher, stuck six of us. It's the photo in the middle, one, two, three, four, five, six of us on a bus to um, New South Wales and Victoria for the Kid Lit Awards. This stuff takes a heck of a lot of time and energy. And so to have the discipline to keep on writing, it, it's hard because when we're competing against things that are linked to the, to the writing, um, yeah, so I guess the first thing, I'll just move that down so I can read that caption. Um, so the first thing is, it is like, I would really encourage you guys to make use of your time. Um, and sometimes that can be simply writing down a schedule. So I'll, I'll often have a weekly schedule. And you can see here, this, this is just a Facebook post. What do it say? Spending the day tucked away in the office. Uh, heater on, warm socks over feet, uh, going over some edits. This is not particularly glamorous, but, but it shouldn't be because this is the nitty-gritty of writing and this is the stuff that takes a lot of discipline. You know, I'm sure of that particular day I would have loved to have just put Netflix on <laughs> or done anything else that sort of, you know, is, is going to take me away from those edits. Sometimes you have to carve out that time. Uh, carve out days at a time. Sometimes you can carve out an hour. Um, I have a friend who she's a full-time writer and she actually, she writes in really small windows of time because she's she's got a family and so what she'll do, and she does the same that I do, she does the school visits and all that, but she will literally take her son to football training and when he's training for an hour or whatever, she will sit in her car with the laptop and pump out a thousand words. And And she always says, they don't have to be good words. They just have to be words because we can't we can't polish an empty page, you know. You can't adjust an empty page, and so carving out that time, you know, that's the, that's the first step. Now, and I know that you guys have written. You've, you've told me that you that you are writers, so you already, I guess, know this already. But I hope I hope that it's encouraging hearing it, um, you know, from someone who does it full time. That we do have to carve out that time. Um, yeah, let me just go to the next one. Here, here's, here's a proofread edit. You know, this is this is again a whole day. 
just to go through and here we're looking for the typos. Uh, actually, later on, I've got a photo of one of my most embarrassing typing mistakes that, uh, that I will show you. Because <laughs> sometimes, unfortunately, typos get missed. Um, yeah, but it's, it's really carving out that time, making sure that we set ourselves up for the, for the best opportunity. There's a certain amount of head time that we actually spend writing when we're not at our keyboard or when we're not with a notepad and paper. And this, that's actually writing time. It's that thinking time. So, you know, sometimes I won't get a single word down onto the paper, but I'll have spent, you know, when I'm doing the washing up or going for a walk or a drive, whatever, I'll be thinking really hard the whole time. And, and that's part of it. That's, that's that planning, the inspiration, that's part of it. I think the key is, though, if, if, if you do work like that as well, is to get the ideas down as soon as you can because the worst thing is if you spend a lot of time thinking about an idea or a concept or whatever it is and then losing it, it's gone forever. Um, so... Um, and I'll ask you all as well. So I keep I keep sort of ideas books. This is the first one that I ever had. I just gave it a very simple title page. Um, just says, I can't remember what it says, like an ideas. And then I gave it a sort of double spread title page. And the reminder here was that, you know, I can't illustrate, so I cheat. I go to Google, <laughs> uh, Google image and then glue them in. But the idea, the concept behind this is that ideas are everywhere. And so there's, you know, the person in the middle, the person with the pen. And that reminds me that writing, the discipline of writing includes looking, actively looking for ideas, actively collecting ideas, and then actively forming those ideas to things that could end up getting written down. Um, and then the book is just filled with, you know, little concept pages. Uh, let see if I can find one. I've got a drone story here somewhere, which is an interesting map of visual spread, if I can find it here we go so here's like a, a drone story a 3,000 word short story that ended up being published in, in uh, one of my books um, but it's just that actively sort of collecting ideas uh, and getting them down I think one of the um, one of the things I've just through I guess uh, I guess mainly the bigger projects I've worked on with discipline is deliberately so deliberately cutting myself short if I'm on a roll but I know I'm heading towards the back end of a writing session and I'll deliberately do that because I know if I stop this, and this is narrative, if I stop this narrative at a point where I'm really enthusiastic and I know exactly what's going to happen next, then the following day when I pick up at that point, it's super easy to, to slip right back into. And I learned the hard way because often what I would do is I would, I would stay committed to that particular scene or chapter or whatever it was and I'd finish it and feel good and I'd feel really confident and happy. Yes, I've, I've wrapped up this chapter. But then the next day, starting from a new point or a different scene, it's actually very difficult to, to come back into it. And so there can be great reward in deliberately stopping yourself when you're hitting a certain point because then it's easy to come back into and, and you can use that momentum to, to then build through to what the next pieces are. Let's go back to my share screen here. I think that's the end of the video. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so this one, this is super relevant for 2020. Oh, look, it's, I guess it's relevant for any era of writing, but, you know, the danger of pings and, and our phones and our emails and things. And so... You know, how do we do this? I've been reading um, The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy... It's upstairs. Karen, Timothy Keller, perhaps? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, it's such a good book. Most of it's good. I, I disagree with it. 
schedules and things like this and we all have our different busy schedules. So what I do, not every day, and so I, I need to get better at this myself, um, starting the day with the creative stuff or deliberately starting the day with the bigger writing projects before an email is checked or before the social medias are opened. Um, as I said, I still am working on this myself, but I have recently been getting a lot better at it. And I can tell you the, the advantages are huge because when we take ourselves away from the from the emails or the social media, uh, it does free up a certain amount of headspace because what social media can do and what emails can do, they offer a tiny little distraction. Um, just checking there. Yeah, Timothy Ferris. Awesome. That's the one. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, Timothy Ferris. Um, yeah, so we would just want to eliminate any of those little distractions because then we have that that pure creative time, that that no distraction time and because it's so easy just to get confirmed because once we answer one email and start thinking about a certain thing or a certain other thing that we have to do, that can push towards the, the front of our brain. And I know it happens for everyone. So I'll just show you a snapshot. Where's my presentation? There it is. Um, yeah, so here, you know, typical inbox, it's just filled with all this stuff to do, to do, to do. Have you done this? Have you filled out this form? You know, this school wants you to do this. Um, can you please park here? You know, when, when, so for me with, a, you know, 100 schools a year, this year it was 60 schools because of COVID and a lot of them are online. There are just so many distractions. How should I prepare? What, what do I need to, um, you know, dietary requirements? There's just huge, and then there's the social medias as well. So to avoid getting stuck into this, then what I do is I don't check the emails until midday. And so then in my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm not going to get distracted by my emails until midday. So I've eliminated that. And then I just have like a one hour frantic email session where I just go bam, 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 bam. And what I do with the emails is I'll sort of compartmentalise them. So I'll have uh, different folders because I can't remember the exact statistic, but they say something like 90% of the emails that we get, we only deal with once. And so to leave, you know, emails in an inbox, um, just it can get very overwhelming when, of course, what are we trying to do? We're trying to be creative people. We don't want to be overwhelmed with anything. So I'm very strict with filing emails away. What the photo you can see here, that makes me edgy, but that's the whole inbox. That's how many emails are in my primary inbox. And that's just before I've kind of, you know, cleared them out and, uh, and wiped them out. Um, so it's eliminating distractions. Then with the social media, uh, if I'm feeling really disciplined, I'll, do, I'll get my smartphone and I'll actually slide it. I'll put it on the floor and I slide it to the other side of my office. And so then um, I can really sort of free up and then bam, start the day with, with a bit of writing time. I guess we could almost say this is in the same boxes of the discipline of carving out time but you can see that they almost go hand in hand the discipline of carving out time is also the discipline of disconnecting from things that distract us um, and the other aspect of this with social media is social media has the impact to affect our mood by what we see and what we see in the, the news and things that can really weigh down on us so 
uh, for me, writing humour for kids, writing middle grade humour, it's dangerous. If I go on and see something about the US election or see something about coronavirus and I check that, say, at 9 o'clock in the morning, then that's mentally tough to, to rebound back from if it really wears you down to go, okay, now I'm going to try and make kids laugh through humour. So the best way to do it is, well, just don't even go there until after the thousand words you know down onto the page and then i can then i can afford to check my emails and then check the social media as well um because it's the emotion emotive toll the emotional toll i should say as well so we just need to be careful part of that discipline is making sure we, we try to give ourselves the best opportunity not just with our time but our mental well-being as well and making sure that we're at our best because, you know, you know that feeling and we write because we're creative people. There's nothing like punching out a sentence or a paragraph that you look back on and you say, that is exactly what I was trying to say. And that, 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 that feeling of having written and having written well, you know, it's only going to come about when we give ourselves that best opportunity to do it. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting thing, isn't it? It's an interesting time to, to be a creative and to be a writer.